<laughs> What's up everybody and welcome to Maui. So I'm doing this, uh, this podcast outside and obviously on the road because this doesn't look like my basement studio. And so uh, this week I have been at the Snapdragon Summit, which is taking place here in Maui. And if uh, you haven't been catching all the news lately, realistically what happened this week is that the kind of the, the PCs that everybody has been waiting for, the Windows on ARM devices, uh, they're here. Well, you know, if, if I could put an asterisk right there, uh, then I could, you know, say, well, they're here, but they're not here. They are here, meaning I got to physically touch them, but they're not here, meaning that you can go buy them. Uh, they're not going to be coming until spring of 2018, which is really disappointing. And the other kind of disappointing thing is that as we knew, they were coming with the Snapdragon 835 system on a chip processor, but at this actual event, they announced the 845. And so it's a really confusing kind of thing going on this week. And so this edition of the Sam's Report is going to be talking a little bit about that. Um, just some other things going on, a little bit shorter than usual. No questions this week because uh, I'm not officially on vacation, but I mean, just look at this place. Like it's, it's a small slice of heaven. Uh, it's kind of, the water's a little faded out there, so I'm doing this on the gimbal. But, alright, so first things first, Snapdragon 835, it is very similar to the Snapdragon 835 that's been shipping in phones for the past year, although the clock speed is slightly higher, so it's, you're going to get a little bit more performance out of it. Um, but that's really the biggest difference. And so this is genuinely Windows on ARM. Now this is technically the second iteration, if you remember Surface RT or Windows RT specifically, that was kind of the first run at this, but I think this one has a much, much better chance at surviving and, uh, and longevity. There's a lot of goodness here, and I'm actually relatively excited. I'm not so sure I'm excited about the 835 stuff. Uh, the 845 will be a lot better, but just because it's a pretty significant improvement and it, they're launching with chips that are roughly a year old. But the premise of these devices is compelling. Up to 20 hours of battery life, 30 days of standby, they're saying, and of course, always on and always connected. Although I do take a little bit of issue with that always connected kind of moniker, because what is the Surface LTE? I mean, that's always connected at the end of the day, but it's not getting 20 hours of battery life or 30 days of standby. So using Windows uh, on ARM, using these machines, two machines were announced. There was an HP Surface-like device, I think it's called the NVX2, and then the uh, Asus Nova Go. I got to play with those, both of them. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, go check the channel, the other videos below, and you'll get some hands-on time. And so while I didn't have a ton of uh, like opening and closing apps, mostly because there wasn't a whole lot on there. Like I was hoping to run Minecraft, and the machines that I was using didn't have it installed, unfortunately. Uh, it did feel pretty good. It's not, it's not Core i7. It's not AMD Threadripper performance, which you know this is going to be uh, low to mid levels of performance. That being said, there's a lot of promise here, and I think there's a lot more to the story. Now these machines are going to ship with Windows 10 S, which seems like an odd choice, but I think I think we're on to something here, and I hope that Microsoft is is doing this. So the interesting thing about ARM is that for ARM to run X, uh, Win32 applications, it has to virtualize the emulation, meaning it's not running on bare metal. And by doing that, they are sandboxing the application, and in theory, they can completely lock it down from effectively ruining the operating system if they do it correctly, which I think they are. If this sounds familiar, this sounds a lot like UWP applications, doesn't it? Hmm. What would make sense and, and I'm going to be real curious to see if Microsoft does this. What if they took that emulation layer 
and ported it, they may not even have to port it, but brought it over to x64, or basically, lack of better terms, Intel and AMD chips. And so that, imagine a scenario where Windows Home runs all Win32 apps in an emulation layer that is sandbox. Imagine that for a second. I mean, that's, if you're not understanding the big deal about this, this makes everything completely secure. It basically does away with viruses at that level. Yes, you could still get a nasty application, but it's not gonna corrupt the system, it's not gonna bog things down, and Microsoft would have complete control over it. Now, if you wanted to run things on bare metal, you upgrade to Windows 10 Pro, or Windows 10 Enterprise. I think that's, that emulation layer is gonna be something very powerful, and what's more is that they could effectively allow Win32 apps into the store. Think of it that way too. Imagine you're the creator of Audacity. You know, APIs and everything else aside, just imagine that you have a Win32 app, and I use Audacity all the time. They could effectively put that in the store, and depending on what operating system you're on, you could download it, and if you're on Windows 10 Pro, it's gonna run natively. You have the same risks as always, but if you're on Windows 10 Home, then you don't. If you're on, on ARM, you don't. And Microsoft could effectively blur the line between all of this stuff, and it doesn't matter if you're running Snapdragon, it doesn't matter if you're running Intel. And Windows 10S, uh, which I do think long-term will become Windows 10 Home, makes a lot of sense. The question is, how long is it gonna take Microsoft to get there? That is the million dollar question, because if it takes them four years to get there, they've blew it. If they can get there next year, effectively, with the launch of the 845, they might be onto something. So build could be very interesting this spring. I hope that they're going towards this. And it gives me a lot of excitement because this solves, first off, the store. I mean, if you're a Win32 dev and you didn't want to go UWP and you're like, ah, it'd be great for that discoverability in the store, you could effectively do it. Microsoft could still screen the stuff, but they could put it in there natively. And it would just be on an emulation layer. Now, the big question is, everyone's going to be screaming at me and sending me fun little emails and say, but performance, performance is going to be a big issue. Okay, let's talk about performance. What I was using on the Snapdragon 835, running pretty well. Uh, New chips from Intel, most of them, I think all of them are dual core, even low end chips in the next couple years are likely gonna become quad core chips. That's gonna be more than enough performance. Yes, I fully agree running high end games is not gonna be ideal in an emulation and you're gonna to wanna to do it in PUBG to get that better performance. Fully agree, same with Visual Studio. But those, that's, a, that's a small percentage of the user base. And imagine the corporate scenario of this happening uh, where people are just running Excel, email, and all that stuff, putting in an emulation there, it's going to be massively more secure. Now, granted, there are some details missing throughout this entire process. We know APIs and that kind of stuff. Uh, and we got to wait and see how well this emulation where actually works until, and we won't know that. Anybody who writes up says, oh, I use these things for 25 minutes and I have full report on how good they are, that you need more time with that. And unfortunately, we did not get any review units to take home. It doesn't mean other people didn't, but at this time, uh, we do not. So that's kind of the big news out of here. The Snapdragon 845 is looking really good, by the way. It's just going to help improve AR, VR scenarios. Uh, it's going to make video processing much better. It's going to make pictures a lot better, wider color gamut they were talking about. And so what a lot of people need to realize is that, yes, Samsung gets credit for the great photos. But again, it's at least in the U.S., uh, they're running on Snapdragon chips. A lot of all the phones, and the high-end Android phones, are going to be running this. And so the Snapdragon chip is at the core of the processing for making these photos better. So the 845, better all around. Uh, Adreno Graphics getting a nice little bump as well. Again, we need to see the benchmarking, but Qualcomm is making lofty promises, as, as anybody does. 
Um, can't really fault them for that, but it's looking good and better security and everything else, which is why it's like, dang it, I wish these things were coming to the ARM laptops. So, a uh, lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff. Go check it out, everything on this channel and everything that's been written, because I think this is going to be represent the start of a massive shift away from everybody running, uh, we'll just call it legacy, x86, x64 software and hardware, and kind of moving into this nebulous virtualized world. It doesn't matter what the underlying core chip is. And basically at this point, if you want high performance, uh, you go for a Threadripper or Core i7 or i9. If you want crazy good battery life, now again, asterisks up here. Um, that 20 hours is subject to actual testing. And I do actually tend to think that it will get better over time. Remember, this is kind of Gen 1 for the PCs, not Gen 1 for the phones. Uh, then you go ARM. And if you want uh, somewhere in the middle, then you have a choice. Choice is always a good thing. I'm a big fan of choice. I can't imagine anybody being upset by choice. Uh, other things happening that are noteworthy in the uh, kind of the Microsoft blogosphere right now. Walking Cat has done what he does best, and he's found some more patents for a foldable style phone, the Andromeda device. Interestingly enough, the people earning the patents are, are getting the patents, I don't know, whatever the proper way, or being awarded the patents, I think is the correct terminology. All former Nokia people. So they've got some of those hardware gurus working on the stuff. I believe most of this was related to imaging. But Microsoft, uh, they're still filing patents around this foldable device. We'll see if it happens. It would be real nice if it showed up with a, you know, let's just say a Snapdragon 845. Would be pretty nice, wouldn't it? i got to start poking around and see what's going on there. Um, but that's about it, guys. That's, I'm, you know, traveling this week. This is why it's not a live show. Uh, because, I mean, the sun is starting to go down, it's going to wash everything out, but you can see like palm trees, water, and it's a lovely um, 17 hours of travel to get here. And so I've got a very long flight tomorrow. I'm nice and relaxed, if you couldn't tell. I've never really worn sunglasses, but I couldn't look at the, the phone because, as you just saw, the sun is on the other side. And so, um, very long way home that's going to really ruin all the relaxation. But that's kind of the big hot news. I am going to CES. Lenovo is going to be showing off their ARM devices at CES. Likely going to get more hands-on time there with ARM-based devices. Uh, I don't know if anybody else... We haven't heard anything about Dell. Dell's been a little bit quiet. Maybe might be doing something at CES as well. And so, you know, this is kind of like day one of the new, the new generation of Windows-based machines. And so I'm excited. I hope you are as well. This is kind of... A, it, this is going to be the start of a change, and I hope, I hope Microsoft is, you know, locked and loaded behind this to hit the ground running and get these conversion stuff up uh, fast. Uh, conversions meaning um, over to 845, the conversion, uh, the emulation layer running quickly. One thing to note, all this stuff is launching in spring of 2018. You know what also launches in spring of 2018? Redstone 4. It would not surprise me if these two things are intertwined uh, quite a bit. And so there's probably some overlap there, and uh, you know that's just one thing to keep in mind. Somebody sent me a screenshot from one of the devices that said uh, it was like 327 or 329, uh, March, 27, March 29th. <laughs> I'm losing my mind here a little bit. And so that could be a bit, uh, representative of a launch date of Redstone 4. I don't quite know yet. It's a little early to be digging into that stuff. But those would be kind of mile markers that uh, you should be looking out for. 
should be looking out for. So guys, that's it for today. I'm going to have, well, geez, actually, I'm traveling next week, too. I'm going to be down um, on the Gulf Shores of kind of Florida, Alabama for some meetings for several days. I might be doing another on-the-road show again next week. But, um, yeah, so uh, I've gotten several requests lately to do what I'm using. I'm going to save that for probably the later half of December because that's when time get really dry. And so uh, I will be looking for that episode coming up soon. Anyways, guys, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Had a wonderful week, and I'll catch you right back here next time on The Sam's Report.